0: Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Hello, what? my baby doll. Hi. Hi. I, hope I You
1: too.
2: I know, I keep thinking about Bruce and Barry. Oh, Barry and I Bruce. can't stop. I can't stop. I did... Uh, are we recording? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to admit this. But, well, I wasn't... Okay, so I've done that thing where I've... Like, when you have adult money and you can buy ridiculous things with adult money, and I've done that by ordering a phone case with Bruce and Barry on it.
0: <laughs> this is good. Like, it's not like when you buy
2: your first sewing machine or your first lawnmower, but No, it's, it's like, good. yeah, ridiculous things you do with adult money. Um, so and I don't regret that purchase. Was it because, you know, Bruce
0: or Barry that tried to get into your suitcase before you left?
2: Oh, it was Bruce, the love of my life, the original dog who he, just understands all my feelings.
1: <laughs> I love him. I know.
0: Did you actually consider closing the, the lid and taking him with you?
2: Well, well, then do you know what broke my heart? Nico told me that for the week after I left. Whatever this is, I'm not ready for it. I know. I'm, not, I'm never going to be ready to hear this. Okay, Come on. Every single night at about 7 o'clock, which is the normal time I get home from work, they were sitting at the door waiting. Oh, no. Yeah, no. they were. They were just sitting there like when – When's mum coming home from work? And yeah, and then they've kept doing it. So they did it for a solid week, but then now they've kept doing it on and off, and they're just not really sure what's happening. But I did tell them before I left, I had the conversation with them, and that I was yeah. going away for five weeks. So. Um. Yes. I. It's the part I've missed the most. I definitely miss my husband, but I miss my dogs the most. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he understands, like he
0: knows where you yeah. are, whereas yeah. Barry and Bruce and Bruce and Barry, uh, I never know who to put first. They um, they'll yeah. They'll, they'll be so happy to see you. He better do want to film one of those videos, the reuniting ones. I love those. <laughs> yeah, I best. know.
2: I know. <laughs> I can't wait. I just can't wait. And he's very good at uh, sending me photos and um, videos, so that's lovely. Um, I.
0: There's something I want to say. I want to get it done. Kirsten knows about this, but I kind of want to just yes. address it because it's the first time we've recorded in a few weeks, and just um, put it out there, and uh, so everyone knows. Some people know who've listened to my radio show, um, and I, I know I texted it to you, Chanel. But um, I just wanted to make a point actually with with doing this podcast, and we have feedback, and people get us when we talk about it, but we never ever are making fun. Of dead bodies. We're, we're just discussing it and trying to understand it. Mm-hmm. And I, um, it would be four weeks ago now, just about four weeks ago, my nephew killed himself. And um, we had no Real warning, no proper understanding, and he wasn't, you know, someone who had problems, he wasn't a drinker, drugs, any of those things, or didn't have mental health issues something that would, you know, you would go, okay, this kid's off the rails, it's going to happen any day. So it really took us all by surprise. Um, and It was particularly sad for our family because of lockdown. And I know other people go through similar. So I'm not going, oh, poor me. I'm just saying to other people, I understand what you've been through. We're all separated. So um, Alec lived in South Australia. By the way, I wouldn't just talk about this without my brother's permission, but my brother, who, this was his son, he has said, whatever you want to say or comment on, please go ahead. Um, and he thinks conversations about suicide should happen more frequently. But So Alec lived in South Australia. He was in the army. Martin and his wife, my brother, and his wife, uh, who I adore, lived in Queensland. Um, and their other son is in, was in Queensland. And then we're all here in Victoria. So we're all separated for the funeral, which was agony um Mm. and i only found out the most recent time i spoke to my brother he hadn't mentioned that um, he had gone down about a month before it happened because alec had sort of flagged that a few things had happened in his life that he felt things were getting he just wasn't coping with stuff and um he had booked his flight to go back home to be with his family and mm-hmm. the border closure stopped him from doing that. So he was alone. So my brother's advice, because I've talked to him quite a few times and talked to my kids about what happened, and and my brother said, tell them this and tell them this from, from your brother's mouth. Everyone, live your best life, live your happiest life. That's what mm-hmm. he said. And his other thing was, don't let them be alone if you think someone in your life has got some issues that, that they may be struggling with. And it's hard because we're in lockdown, but, but don't let people be alone, mm. which I think were both really good bits of advice. So, yeah, thank you for letting me share that. Chanel, I know I hadn't talked to you at length about what had happened, but I appreciate your support. We've been texting and messaging about it, and she was very sweet. So thank you.
2: Yeah. No, I think you've spoken about that really bravely and um, – I think unless you're doing lockdown on your own, and I'm definitely learning that in a year, it's it's really hard to understand um, how lonely it can be. And I think, you know, um, one of the things that I keep telling people to do is just to do one nice thing for yourself every single day. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It can just be having an extra long shower and taking that time just to process it all or not feeling bad about, you know, having some extra chocolate or whatever. And I know that those things sound really trivial when we're talking about the topic of suicide, but it's definitely okay to not be okay. And we've heard that before. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think exactly what you said, DD, is just making sure that you reach out and make sure people that, you know, even if you think, oh, they'd be all right on their own, they've lived on their own for ages, it's just still reaching out. Because I've had a lot of friends of mine who have said to me, especially in 2021, that these lockdowns do feel harder because we had written it off as it was all just going to be 2020 and everything was going to be fine in yeah. 2021 and it's yeah. not turning out that way. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been really hard to, um, to grapple with for, yeah. for many people. Everyone really, I think, is finding that really tough. I hope I didn't
0: sound... I've, I'm I'm um what's the word like cold the way I was discussing that just then but um a I, no. I I have cried a lot. Kirsten yeah. knows there was a time when I wanted to address what had happened on air just to explain to people why I wasn't going to be on air one particular day because um, yeah. I was going to be with my family watching the funeral online and thought I had my act together. And then as soon as I opened my mouth, I fell yeah. apart badly on air about it. So um, in okay. knowing that I was going to just bring that up on the pod and explain, yeah. um, I've just steeled myself not to be. So here's the
2: thing about suicide, and I don't think that you sound cold about it. I think that there is a thing that we shouldn't talk about it, and I think that stems from people thinking that suicide or the stigma around suicide is it's a selfish thing to do Mm. and that um, religious communities not acknowledging suicide as well and not um, some religions not having ceremonies for people who commit suicide, um and all those different things. And I think in the media, I know that there are studies that say that we shouldn't report suicide because it could encourage others to commit suicide. And there are facts and figures around all of that. But it is something that I think we should talk about. And I don't think that you sound cold talking about it because it's really important. And, um, you know, in Victoria, the coroner releases suicide reports um, every month. And I make a point of tweeting those numbers because I think they're important. And I think that we shouldn't just shove it under the carpet as, yeah. you know, so many do. And that's probably why you felt awkward talking about it because it's something we don't talk about probably enough. No, uh, uh,
0: absolutely right. And m- my brother was emphatic because I was like, you know, I didn't know what I could say. And I said to him at that when yeah. he first told me, I said, I don't know whether I'll even mention it on air or what I'll say. And I don't think I didn't spell it out on air, but I think people probably figured out what was going on. Um I had a thought in my head just then and it's completely gone. So this is going to go well, isn't it? We're recording a podcast. That's fine. Empty that's head. Fine. So <laughs> that's no good for anyone. No, it'll come yeah. to me, whatever it was I was going to say. Yeah.
2: No, but, you're fine. Gone. It's fine. I think yeah. it's really brave. I think it's brave that you've acknowledged it here and you've acknowledged it on, um, you know, your actual radio show. I think that's really brave. And I think the most important thing that you said out there when you were talking about it was there weren't any signs. And I hear that so much when people talk about people they know who have committed suicide, that, well, we didn't know, there were no signs, they were totally fine. And often that's the case. And often, you know, I've spoken to people who say, oh, it was so obvious when it happened that they had been planning it for so long, but we didn't know. We had no idea. Hmm. Um, and, And, you know, I guess everyone has has their, their reasons and maybe they're just not for us to understand.
0: It came to me. The thought came to me just now. Oh, And thank welcome. you. You're wise beyond your years, Ms. Vella. I oh, know. You really are. Oh,
2: no. no, I love it. It's
0: such a comfort to hear your voice. It really is. I've missed you so much. Oh, um, well, the other thing, and this actually came from doing this podcast and some of the conversations that we've had with people and with people who work in the area, um, because there was this long period, Before my brother and sister-in-law were able to actually travel to South Australia to see Alec's body, um, I had the conversation with my brother in between. I asked him, do you want to see the body? And he had seen Alec reasonably recently before he died, like about a month or so before. Um, so he said, well, I'm okay because I saw him then, but his mother hadn't seen him. And I said, look, just on what I've learned from talking to people and and talking about it on the pod, I've heard people say that it is really valuable to go and view the body. And he was still like, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, it's just a, it's just a thing. The soul is, you know, and all the rest of it. Whereas Karen, I know was really keen to see him. So, um, when I spoke to my brother yesterday, um, he uh, and I said did you in the end when you got there and he said yeah it's funny he said uh, Karen was straight in but he said he sort of took a step into the room and then went back again and then another step in and not ah, turn around yeah. but he said in the end he did he, he stepped up and he said uh, I he, he talked to him and yeah. and he said his goodbye to him and he said in the end it was really a the best thing he could have done. Oh, I'm so, getting
2: shivers. Yeah. yeah. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah.
0: I can't. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're going to have to change tack Cause if I think of that actually taking place, it's too much.
2: Yeah. It's a lot. <gasps>
0: it's a lot. We, you've had a ton of time to prepare stuff. Haven't you? Oh, Cause you're just Lord. in there.
1: Where do you join us? Tell us.
2: I join you from New South Wales Hotel Quarantine. And um, I am just going to, my lunch has arrived. So I'm just going to go and get it because, you know, I can't make any decisions for myself in here. So just one second. So, uh, I'm excited. I want to know yeah, what it, it is. Talk us through it is. It. What is going to be good?
0: Well, I could do hold the first on. story so Chanel can eat.
2: Okay, yes. Um,
1: it's going to be plain food, isn't it? Like,
2: look, sometimes it's, it's hit and miss. Um, sometimes <laughs> it's delicious. And they oh, These fuckers, they give me cake every meal. You get cake. I love cake. There's (laughs) cheesecake. How do you like cake? cake. What's wrong? I know, but I get it three times a day and there's a, okay, what is it? It is, it's chicken salad. It's chicken salad, which is good. good. And then there's an envelope about joining the hotel uh, bingo, which I won't Mm. be doing because I don't like group activities. Um, And, yeah, that's it. And uh, cutlery that is wooden. I have not eaten off a plate for four weeks. <laughs>
0: also all like temporary <laughs> stuff.
2: Wow. It is all temporary. The whole time I was in Tokyo, it's all temporary. Um because of COVID. So everything you use, you chuck out, even at like the hotel buffet, it was all you had to and they do the weirdest things so <laughs> <laughs> um, before you it's like a breakfast buffet, right? But you have to put on uh disposable gloves before you Go to the buffet And they're those gloves Like the shitty ones That you use When you dye your hair From a oh, packet box yes. You know those ones Yes There's those ones Like the Quinkly. best Quinkly Yeah <laughs> So you have to put those on Because they don't want Everyone touching The same spoons And tongs Right At the <laughs> breakfast buffet So everyone's there Wearing these Hair dye gloves and, then... <laughs> and it's everywhere It's just what they do In Japan And then you get All your food And then you kind of Sit down You have to get These gloves off, but then if you want to go get an extra bread roll, you've got to put the fucking gloves back on, and oh. they're ruined by that. Yeah, it's a real process,
0: and it doesn't make sense. I think they've said in general life, the rule out the gloves because you're still mm. touching everything with your shitty gloves on, and yeah. then you touch it again. Yeah, like correct. Yeah, you're better to wash your hands in between. Um, do you yeah. want to? Do you want to eat? And I'll do the first story so you can get some food in your gob because I know what you like when you're hungry.
2: Yeah, but how will I mute this so you can't hear me? Or will curse? Will you just no, turn me be down? Funny. No, we'll listen to you
1: eight. We need to hear you. No,
2: people will email. They'll be so yeah, mad. No, they won't.
0: We have not had one eating complaint. And I listened back to one of our recent episodes where we were both stuffing our faces. And it was just, no, it was like no. sitting at a dinner table with someone. So it's so okay. Are it
2: okay? Yeah. Okay. Well, all just right. know, if I don't eat now, I have limited time to eat because I can't make decisions for myself in here. So I'm really sorry if I could leave and eat. <laughs> I would, but <laughs> I, I can't make these decisions. she has been
0: stripped of all <laughs> yes. human dignity. It's terrible. it has been replaced oh. with cake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they bang on the door uh, really seriously? loud. It's so loud when they, like, they're like, you literally hear them at 7.30, like bang, 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 and then you hear your breakfast drop at the door and you're like, oh i got to better eat now in case it's hot because it might not be in half an hour.
0: Yeah, true. Uh, cake or biscuits? Which, what do you like better?
2: Oh, biscuits.
0: I like biscuits too for the crunch mm. of them. Like it's there's activity Just involved.
1: asking me in general?
0: Yeah. Biscuits. Yeah, yeah oh, no general question. Cursing, I, know, not I think
1: sure. I'm going with a cookie. I want cookie because I want like a soft cookie. Oh, somewhere, so in, somewhere between. in between. Like a bit of a bite, mm. but it's yeah, okay. gooey in the middle. Whereas there there is a
0: place in the world for cake. If you just want to feel like you're just eating fluff, you know, I'm not actually having anything. I'm just having this bit of fluff. Then that's where cake has a place. I don't like icing too thick on cake either. All right, I will tell you, chicken salad girl. I can hear you eating. I'm really trying
2: not. I'm trying not to eat. I'm no. I'm biting so
0: quietly. This is going to put you off your food, but anyway, well, let's um, let's start. Candace Elizabeth Elmore was born on November the nineteenth, in 1989. She was born in Lincolnton, in North Carolina. And she was, I feel bad for doing an accent, uh, but (laughs) I stop it very quickly. Stop.
2: Someone's going to email. She
0: was neglected by her parents. So she and her younger brother Michael and her sister Chelsea were removed from the home when Candace was only young and social service separated them. I could never
2: understand what,
0: I suppose they have to in order to adopt them out, but
2: wouldn't you keep siblings together? People don't want two, though. That sounds terrible. Like I'm talking about them like they're
0: yeah not human. I think that's
2: I think that's what it is. Right? Mm. It's yeah. difficult to place groups.
0: Yeah, it's a lot to take them on. Did you ever watch that doco on the twins uh, triplets? Yes, who got separated? Yeah, you saw three it, didn't you, perfect first?
1: strangers. It's so good.
0: Yeah. I loved it.
2: Oh yes, I have. And then they all find each other. Have I ruined it? Yeah.
0: No, mm-hmm. no, no. You haven't because it, and then it turned out it was. Possibly more like some weird experiment that was being done with other twins that were being adopted. Okay, so the kids, three kids are separated, and Candace was six years old. She was adopted by a pediatric nurse by the name of Jean Newmaker. It wasn't long before Jean started taking Candace to see a psychiatrist. So she claimed that Candace was badly behaved, she had a bad attitude. Um, so Candace was medicated, but Jean claimed that her behaviour got worse over the next couple of years. So she was doing things according to Jean, the adoptive mother, that doing things like playing with matches and killing goldfish. So Jean said that Candace raged uncontrollably, and that her sessions with psychologists left her, biting and spitting at therapists. So Jean was exhausted. So she had been dreaming of, of giving and receiving affection with an adopted child and to have a child who needed her and one that she could hold because she was a 42-year-old. She was living alone. And she, she, by the sounds of it, she was doing all she could. She went to all the school parties and the functions and they took holidays together, her and um, and little Candace. They went to the Appalachians, to Florida to see the dolphins. They went hiking and whitewater mm-hmm. rafting and horse riding. It's such an, more than I've ever done yeah. in my life, any one of those things.
2: So Jean, it sounds wonderful. It does. It does. She was mm-hmm. look. She was.
0: I really think she was doing her best to give her a really good life.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: but Candace was still, according to her, reacting really badly and, and wasn't being affectionate in return. So, Jean said that Candace had attention deficit disorder, and that she just found it to be quite a handful. So when Candace was 10, a psychologist by the name of William Gobel referred her for treatment to a place called Evergreen in Colorado. So in all of a sudden I feel like we're in some weird TV series now. Evergreen. Evergreen. Yes, Green. we're going to Evergreen. Can't wait to watch uh ni- I think it's called 9 9 Little Kirstie Lives.
2: If I put my input down, does that mean that you won't hear me chewing? Because I no, need to we can eat lettuce hear. at this point.
0: We can still hear you. You know, <laughs> think, go for it. try. The new, you know, Big Little Lies, Leanne Moriarty wrote that. So it's another one of her books has just been turned into a TV series with Nicole Kipman again. And they go to, oh, to nine uh,
1: Perfect Strangers? That's it. Yes. yes.
0: And I've read it. Is it and, good?
1: I've heard yeah. good things, yeah. It's
0: kind of out there. It's not like Big Little Lies. It's a little bit
2: – I put my input down for the whole I was talking so much. Oh, well, that worked well. None
1: Didn't of you heard anything. Nobody so crunch.
2: Awesome. You're in control of something. How does it feel? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: it feels amazing. You're mad with power. <laughs>
2: so, okay, Jean continue.
0: has taken Candace to Evergreen in Colorado. In April 2000, this was. Jean paid $7,000 for what was called an intensive session of something called attachment therapy. So the woman carrying out this treatment was Connell Watkins, who was, um, just by the way, without a license. And the sessions were to be held over two weeks, they would be there. One of the things that they did was called a rebirthing session. So Connell Watkins was assisted by a woman named Julie Ponder, who also didn't have a license, and two so called Therapeutic foster parents, a person called Brita Sinclair. I don't know if that's male or female, and Jack McDonald. Now, Candace's foster mum, Jean Newmaker, she also took part in this treatment. So Candace was wrapped in a sheet and covered with pillows. Their idea was that they were simulating a womb or a birth canal and they told... I'm back. Okay. Uh, for uh-huh. a particular special comment or just...
2: Well, at this point, are you not going, this is weird?
0: Mm. But this is what – so Jean has put her trust in these so-called therapists. Yeah, and but you went
2: from riding horses to yeah. now we've so come with my, your child in pillows. Yeah. yeah. And
0: how much did this cost? $7,000 they paid Jeez. for a two-week thing. So the awful. idea is mm. that with her wrapped in pillows and with uh, wrapped in the sheet quite tightly, and that's supposed to simulate the birth canal, and then there are pillows on top of her, she was told to fight her way out of that little wrap-up assembly there as though she was being born. So the theory was that in being big inverted air quotes oh. born like that would Re-born. help her would help her attach to her adoptive mother.
1: Ah, in theory.
2: Huh. So, I'd say no. You yeah. might say that doesn't work.
0: You might be right. You usually guess the endings to my stories
1: before <laughs> I've even done them, Chanel, but I'm going I love back you. On anyway. mute. I love I'm you going anyway.
0: back on mute. A video was made of this whole process which is good because they have a record of what happened. And I will read some parts of a transcript of that video of what happened during this process. So the video starts with Julie Ponder telling Candace to lie down on the navy blue flannel sheet and get into the fetal position. And she says, imagine yourself as a teeny little baby inside your mother's womb and what it felt like. Warm. It felt tight because her stomach was all around you. And as she's saying this, they wrap Candace tightly in the sheet and then they twist the end above her head. They cover her with pillows and the four adults press on her head and chest, supposedly to simulate contractions. Oh, God. Now, their combined weight was 305 kilos, which is 673 pounds. So Julie Ponder asks, Candace, what do you think you thought about when you're in there? And Candace says, I thought I was going to die. And I was about to
2: say dying. She's thinking about dying. She
0: was she's already thinking, I'm trapped in here, I think I'm going to die. Right at the beginning. So Jean Newmaker, the adoptive mother, she says, I'm so excited. I'm going to have a brand new baby. I hope it's a girl. Julie Ponder asks Candace how this makes her feel, and Candace says this makes her feel happy. Julie Ponder says, So little baby, are you ready to be reborn? And Candace says, Uh-huh. Ponder says, come out head first. You have to push really hard with your feet. If you stay in there, you're going to die and your mummy's going to die. Wow. Uh, oh, sorry. This is me now. We're eight minutes and 42 seconds into the process now. And Candace says, who's sitting on me? I can't do it. And she starts to cry and she's saying, I can't do it. Connell Watkins then says, sometimes it takes 18 hours to be born. Side note, my daughter, Bonnie, I was in labour for 32 hours. Oh. Just suck on that, if you will. Anyone not? expecting no. a baby. It was a very long time. I was exhausted. Mum fainted towards the very end because she was exhausted. She was tired. I don't know where Kieran was. Everyone was <laughs> re- bored with me, very bored. Is that woman giving birth yet? No. Um, it was such a long process. So don't let it go on that long. My advice, anyone, just scream, oh. ask for someone to intervene if it gets that long. It's a lot. Uh, where, why did I make it about me? Sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. Sometimes it takes 18 hours to be born. Nine and a half minutes in, Candace starts to scream. She's saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. There's a 30 second gap. And then she says, whoever's pushing on my head. It's not helping. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't breathe. It's too dark under here. Please quit pushing on my head. I can't do it. Somebody's sitting on top of me. She's 10 years old. Oh. 10 minutes 50 in. Candace is now moaning and she says, somebody's on top of me. Where am I supposed to come out? Right here where my finger is. 11 minutes 26 in. She says, I can't do it. And she screams and she says, I'm going to die. Julie Ponder says to her, do you want to be reborn or do you want to stay in there and die? 11 minutes 40, Candace says, quit pushing on me, please. And she's moaning, quit squishing my legs. I'm going to die now. And she screams. Julie Ponder says, do you want to die? And Candace says, no, but I'm about to. Now, the next words are all from Candace. At 12 minutes and 10 seconds, she's begging, please, please, I can't breathe. At 12 minutes and 30 seconds, she says, I can't do it anymore. At 12 minutes and 40 seconds, she says, please quit pushing on me. At 13 minutes and 12 seconds, she says, I need some help. Help, help me, Please. Connell Watkins asks Jean Newmaker, the adoptive mum, are you feeling the contractions, mum? And Jean replies, I am. So it's clear at this point, to me anyway, why they couldn't see it, that Candace doesn't know how to get out of the way they've wrapped them up. And she's asking them, where am I to go? Right here, right here. I'm supposed to go right here. Please, please. And she screams again. And then she says, okay, I'm dying. Okay, I'm dying. I'm sorry. Fourteen and a half minutes in, she says again, okay, I'm dying. Fourteen minutes thirty eight, she says, I'm going to die. Fifteen thirty, she says, I want to die. Oh, At no. sixteen I know it's just oh, I'm covered in goosebumps. At six minutes and eight seconds, Candace asks, can you let me have some oxygen? You mean like you want me to die for real? And Julie Ponder replies, uh huh. And Candace says, die right now and go to heaven. And Julie Ponder says, go ahead and die right now for real, for real. And Candace says, okay, I'm dead. Connell Watkins says, it's not always easy to live. You have to be really strong to live a life, a human life. So it's now just over 17 minutes into the session and Candace's breathing is getting really laboured and she says, get off, I'm sick, get off. Where am I supposed to come out? Where? But how can I get there? And Connell Watkins says, just go ahead and die. It's easier. It takes a lot of courage to be born. 18 minutes 26, Candace says, you said you would give me oxygen and Watkins says, you've got to fight for it. At just under 20 minutes in Candice uh, – sorry, Candice um, vomits at that point. and She says, okay, I'm throwing up. I just threw up. And you can hear sounds of her vomiting. She says, i got to poop. i got to poop. And then she says, uh, I'm going in my pants. I actually debated oh. leaving that part out, but I think it honestly gives you the picture yeah. of how distressed she is. Julie Ponder says, go ahead. And Connell Watkins says – stay in there with the poop and vomit 23 minutes 22 candace says help i can't breathe i can't breathe it's hot i can't breathe Jean newmaker says i'm so excited to have this baby i'm waiting for you to love you and hold you and julie ponder says to candace you should scream and candace says no Jean Newmaker says, baby, I love you already. I'll hold you and love you and keep you safe forever. Don't give up on your life before you have it. So the session's now been going for 32 minutes. And for the next minute or so, Jack McDaniel, the man who was there, he re- repositions himself on a pillow over Candace's head. Julie Ponder says, Candace but there's no response. So she takes another pillow from Jean Newmaker and she says she needs more pressure over here. So she can't. So she really needs to fight. That was her gap in the middle there. Connell Watkins says getting pretty tight in there. And Julie Ponder says, yep, yep less and less air all the time. So from the 35 to the 40-minute mark, Julie Ponder and Jeff McDaniel reposition themselves again. And then Julie Ponder says, she gets to be stuck in her own puke and poop. And Connell Watkins says, "Uh uh-huh, it's her own life, quitter. At 40 minutes and one second into the session, Candace says, no. And that's the last word that, that we hear her say. But they're still going. Julie uh, sorry Jack McDaniel says mama you got this far now it's up to you sorry mama got you this far now it's up to you and Connell Watkins says Candace is used to making her life everybody else's problem she's not used to living her own life and Julie Ponder says quitter 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 quit 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 she's a quitter
2: Is happening here. It's
0: unbelievable, isn't it? Connor Watkins asks Candace's stepmother, Jean Newmaker, to leave the room at this point. So apparently, Jean was feeling rejected by the fact that Candace wasn't able to be reborn, and Connor Watkins wanted her out of the room so that Candace couldn't pick up on Jean's sorrow. Connor Watkins leaves the room for a moment. Jack McDaniel takes Watkins' place and then Watkins returns and he says, this baby doesn't want to live. She's a quitter. Connor Watkins then asks Jeff McDaniel and this Brita Sinclair person to leave, leaving just her and Julie Ponder in the room with Candace. So the two of them have a chat for five minutes. And they're chatting about someone who's stressed about something and they're talking about their dream homes and some multi-million dollar property nearby that's being renovated. Five minutes, they talk for. And then Connor Watkins says, let's talk to the twerp. Mm-hmm. One hour and nine minutes and 53 seconds into the session, so it's 30 minutes after Candace's last word, they decide to unwrap her. And Connell Watkins says, oh, there she is, sleeping in her vomit. Well, Candace wasn't moving. Her fingertips and her lips were blue and she wasn't breathing. Now, Jean Newmaker was watching this on a monitor from the other room and she rushed into the room and she started CPR and Watkins called 911, uh, the emergency. Paramedics arrived 10 minutes later. They found Candace lying face up on the floor. Jean Newmaker was doing CPR, and Candace was blue. She was cold to the touch and she had no pulse or breath. Her pupils were fixed and dilated. Her eyes were full of red spots. It was estimated she had been unconscious for more than 10 minutes. They did manage to revive her. They got a pulse and she was flown by helicopter to the children's hospital in Denver. But there the doctors pronounced that Candace was brain dead. They said her severe brain injury was due to mechanical asphyxiation. So that's where her mm. life where we draw the line, that's the end of her life. Candace had clearly said 11 times during the session that she was dying. Yeah. And they kept on going. So a month later, Connell Watkins and Julie Ponder were charged with reckless child abuse resulting in death. And the video of what they did was played in court. Both of them were convicted. They received 16-year prison sentences. Brita Sinclair, Jack McDonald... Uh, McDaniel, beg your pardon, but you, you can tell I haven't got my glasses and I keep getting things wrong. Um, <laughs> I forgot to bring them with me. They pleaded uh, guilty to criminally negligent child abuse and they were given 10 years probation and a thousand hours of community service and a plea bargain. I, that feels light to what? me. Yeah,
2: yeah. Wait, it's 10 nothing. years probation?
0: Yeah, and community service.
2: So not jail,
0: no. It, and it was specified that it was in a plea bargain. So perhaps they gave extra information about um, Connor Watkins and Julie Ponder. I can only guess. But even still, they could have. You know, they were putting pressure on the child on on Candice, and they were also able at any moment. Mm. I think if you if you have the ability to stop someone dying and you don't do that, yeah, that's like manslaughter. Especially slaughter.
1: when she's begging, like you can, you know, just yeah. hearing you talk about that like it was hard to listen to. She's begging to come out and no one's doing anything.
0: Yeah. There probably is the actual audio of but I just thought it would be too I mean it's bad enough me telling you what was said. Uh so Candace's stepmother, Jean Newmaker, she pleaded guilty to neglect and abuse charges. She was given a four year suspended sentence after which the charges were expunged from her record. Connell Watkins lodged an appeal, can you believe it, against her conviction and sentence, but it failed. So she was paroled in June 2008 under intense supervision. There were restrictions on her contact with children or counselling work. So she ended up only serving seven years of the 16-year sentence. Um, But as a result of Candace's death, a new law was introduced in Colorado and North Carolina, and it's called Candace's Law, and it outlaws dangerous reenactments of the birth experience. The US House of Representatives and the Senate have passed resolutions urging similar actions in other states. I don't know how many other states have taken action on that. Um, and there's a book, if anyone did want to read anything more about it, the book's called Attachment Therapy on Trial, The Torture and Death of Candace Newmaker, and it's written by Jean Mercer, Larry Sana, and Linda Rosa. That's one of the worst yeah. things I've ever heard.
1: Jeez. Definitely,
0: Because they – I think the bit that got me the most was where they were mocking her. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: definitely. Calling her a
0: quitter and
1: let's unwrap the twerp or something. It's yeah. a oh. – I think everyone in that room failed her. Yeah. Didn't they? Like, just, Yeah, definitely. I don't know what – what do you think
0: – what are your feelings about the stepmother?
1: Idiot as well.
2: Well, yeah, I agree. I just don't know – if your natural instinct doesn't tell you to help someone mm. who's clearly in need of help, I just – I don't know. I just think you're a bad person. That sounds – that's full on to say, isn't it? But
0: yeah. Especially a child. And I think if you're adopting a child, that's lovely, but you can't have a preconceived idea of what... That's no, like, I don't know why my brain just immediately went to, we have a lovely pet expert on my show and she was <laughs> no, talking about... Pe- I
2: was thinking the same thing. About adopting
0: okay. dogs, yeah, because there have been yes. a lot of adopted dogs returned. People have taken them in lockdown and gone, oh, it doesn't work for me. And they take them back so quickly and she said you've got to have patience and you've got to give them a chance mm. to, to meet your family and, and grow to understand your family as well. Like People need to yes. give people a chance. But she obviously had this perfect idea of how she wanted the mother-daughter thing and in doing all those those trips and stuff it was like oh look here we are water rafting we're perfect family and that's not often yeah. the proof of perfect family is
2: it no. yeah sorry there you are how's your salad no. is it all right it's actually quite good it wasn't too bad hmm. but i keep um we're all very familiar with my bowel movements on this podcast so yeah. i obviously have colitis and so i had to ring them and say like oh i'm just letting you know i have colitis so you know, I can't just can't do too many kind of like oily carbs all the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they were great about it. They're like, Yeah, sure, no problems. We can send you fruit and cereal for breakfast so you don't have to have like oily stuff all the time. But what happens now is on the bags that they bring all my meals on, they write in texter, autoimmune disease.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh. it's better than colitis, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? All? Yeah. It's
2: it's like, <laughs> can they not just write? special meal or, like,
1: custom meal. Just put a star on it and asterisks. (laughs) Right? Be subtle.
2: I'll send you a photo. Every single meal I'm just reminded that I have an autoimmune disease. (laughs) And my food comes out of a bag with the word disease on it, which is just great. (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) They keep doing it every morning. I'm like, they've obviously started doing it on lunch as well. So that's just great.
0: And they're all talking about you just as well you're in another state because it's a slim possibility that the staff there are less familiar with you because you're from a different state because oh, you don't I want know. them going and talking to all their friends. Cause it got, <laughs> has it got your name on it as well?
2: It doesn't. It just has oh, my room God. number on it. But I did, <laughs> yeah, right? And I had to tell the nurse, I was like, I've got colitis. So, you know, just like I can't have too many. But, yeah, it was just a real just got to fess up in here you can't hide anything everyone knows yeah right yeah my period was a couple of days late and I thought if I have to ask for a pregnancy test in here it's really going to set off some alarm bells luckily (laughs) I did it Um, (laughs) but there was a moment where I was worried anyway moving (laughs) along yes what do you do though
0: for stuff like if you need I don't know if you ran Stuff. out of deodorant. Are you allowed to like do, give them a
2: little shopping list to go and get for you? So you can do a Woolworths order. Oh, but okay. yeah, but see in Victoria, our if you order Woolworths, like you can get it on the same day. It's pretty quick, but here it takes two days. So mm. if you want something right here, right now, see, I needed Panadol the other night and I couldn't work out how to get it. So I had to sign up to some weird delivery service where people – go and get things from the supermarket for you. And then they had a minimum is this interesting? I don't know. Because yeah. They yeah. Had a, okay. Okay. So then they had a minimum a minimum delivery price, right? So I'd only reached six bucks. So then I had to order all sorts of weird things to reach twenty bucks. So what did now you, I've what'd got, you get? Well I got caramel biscuits. Yeah. Because we love caramel biscuits. And then I got some sparkling water and some tea. I've got vanilla tea in here now, which is oh, great. Good.
1: good choice. Very good choice. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so and then I can just I can see the front of the hotel, so I just stand at the window like a weirdo and wait for my things to arrive. I'm like, Oh, that'd be me. That's my delivery. I can see it. How long till it gets to my room? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know? I love lucky. What do you do Stella. for fun though? Like have you got books? Have you got Netflix? You just got nothing? Yeah, I've
2: got I've got books, I've got Netflix, I've got Foxtel, I've yep. got an exercise bike in here. So look, the weekend, this weekend, I've been very lazy, but All the other days during the week I was kind of getting up, not sitting on my bed again for the rest of the day, doing a workout, reading, watching COVID press conferences, as sad as that is, Um, (laughs) and, yeah, just trying to not fall asleep at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which is a real – like, I think about how the athletes are doing this, right? So, it's not just me, little media lady. It's like athletes who have just won medals are now just sitting in hotel quarantine.
0: And what about the poor South Australian ones that have to go and do an, another two weeks for a total of 28 days? Right? That's just horrible.
2: I know. I'm waiting for that to happen to us. But if I have to do that, I'm going to be okay with it.
0: No, they won't do it to you in Victoria. I wouldn't think. I hope not.
2: Mm-mm. Well, if they do, I'm just going to be okay with it because I feel like everyone's having a shit time in lockdown, and you've just got to do your bit, right? Uh,
0: don't be okay with it. I'll come and punch people <laughs> for you on your behalf if necessary. I'll bash people up.
2: Okay, yeah. all right. I appreciate it. Um, what else do we do? We want to talk about the Olympics, or are we not talking about Olympics? No, I want to hear about it.
1: What was it? like? That's oh. a history-making Olympic Games. I'm so jealous.
2: Yeah, okay, so it was, can of say, it was so hot. I don't know where Japan thought they were going to have fans and supporters in stadiums anyway. Everyone would have died. It was so hot. I can't explain to you how hot it was. And I just accepted halfway through that I was going to be sweaty on television and that was just going to be me. There was no way. You I was look sweaty. Sweating. You weren't shiny or red or anything. Nah. No, I was sweaty standing still. I don't know how athletes did it. It was like 39 degrees with 70% humidity God. and it was just wild every day. Um, but I was really worried about how the games were go- going to be received. I was very aware that no one could travel and it was a very – like we were very lucky to be able to travel. Um but it felt like they were really well received back home. Everyone was loving it, and we killed it in the pool. So I think yeah. that gave mm-hmm. people um, something to feel patriotic about. And we haven't had much to feel patriotic about for the last eighteen months. We felt like separated states, right? We haven't felt like an entire country.
0: Yeah. So it, it,
2: yeah, it was it was good for that? Mm. It was a,
0: it was just a, like a little, a, a lovely distraction, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's what I think, too. And I, part of me, I know I was there, but I was almost jealous that I couldn't be at home watching it all.
0: Yeah. There was a few sports I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, what sport? Well, you know, there was that – I thought the girl who did the white water rafting was gorgeous. Yes, was Fox? it Fox?
1: Yeah. Gorgeous-looking
0: yes. girl. I, is it just me? I just find her so attractive. She's
1: stunning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, as far as watching it, I don't know. It looked the same every time. I don't know what was going on. And it was, I was like, meh with that. The swimming, I was all over. I loved it. Yep. Um, loved the basketball, crazy for that. Loved the hockey, loved the soccer. Um, but yeah, the, the, the rock climbing, I don't know. No,
1: I became obsessed with that. That was Did crazy. You? Yeah. That yeah, was, yeah, I thought rock climbing
2: was crazy. I loved the rock was climbing. a
1: little spider. Mm. It's so quick, though. It was
0: like over it's in so a second.
2: quick. I couldn't believe it.
0: It was. If I'm sitting there happens- to watch it, I've got a bag of chips. Like that's <laughs> – and get one chip in your mouth and they're up the top.
2: What's the point Doesn't of that. Does my voice sound weird now at the moment, right now?
0: Why? What are you doing?
2: Well, for some reason, my earpods are saying that they're going to run out of charge, but Ooh. I did charge them before this. But does it sound weird right now? Because I'm just going to – Oh, good, because I'm just going to charge one, <laughs> and then I'll be swap able to put over. it back in. Are you leaning I'll to the side?
0: Is it, will you tip over sideways to do that?
2: I, no, I think I'm okay. I just want to make sure that we don't um, we don't have to end this. So I'm just going one ear pod and then I'll switch it out. Righto. Okay, just in case you wanted to know. That's good. <laughs> um, I know apart from that, like, just aren't the Japanese people so lovely?
0: We don't know. Yeah, we we weren't didn't there see much them. of it. No,
2: no. It was just there was the nothing. games.
0: Yeah, we didn't oh. see anything. Like, that's what I think is really sad because you and all yeah. your mates have gone in there, done your games, walked out, and just like a fucking drive-by shooting in Japan has been <laughs> left with a massive debt and uh, oh, increasing no. coronavirus wave that's killing them all. And, um, and that's it. And they're going to be paying off the debt for many years to come. But wacko.
2: Look, I, yes, I think that – I will say this. Everyone saw a vision of protests and things, right, like how angry people were, but I also met so – like the people, like locals, are desperately trying to get photos with anything that they think is Olympic-related. So there were like two-hour-long lines just for, for locals to take photos in front of the Olympic rings because so many people were so grateful that the Games were there. Oh, but of course, other people hated it. But some people loved it.
1: I want to go. Know, I want to go to Japan. Yeah, I like. It's to amazing. To Japan. It sounds awesome. and people
2: are yeah, people are so respectful. Do you know what? I did not see one person, not one person, without a mask the whole time I was there. Like the compliance is incredible.
1: Tell me about Japanese dogs. I want to know. Did you see any? Cute they dress them in clothes yep. Good.
2: all the Good. time, Good. and they push them around in prams. Yep. And it's like a, I was asking our driver, "What's the deal with the dogs here?" Because I feel like people are loving the dogs. And she was like, "Oh yeah, dogs are super expensive. So like, if you have a pug, like that's a lot of money to get a pug over there. Mm. And it's a real thing. And people were even taking their dogs to take photos in front of the Olympic rings." <laughs> Like people were dressing their dogs up and taking them. It was the best thing of my life. I think this so, a lot. This yeah, is good. and people were really like, I would be like, "Ooh, dog!" Every time I saw one, and they would go right to you and let you just love their dog.
1: <laughs> All right, they get it. I they follow like someone.
0: I follow a Japanese dog on Instagram, but I can't find its name. It's one of those little white, fluffy. Is it a Bichon Frise? I don't. Oh,
2: yeah, just the super like cute little one.
0: Yeah, it's a little Japanese. All dog are fluffy. And... Yes,
2: and I follow it just to see
0: it because it's so cute. It's like it's like a toy, but it's not. I can't find its yeah. name on my Instagram feed. But anyway, um, all, all right, right, someone sign off. All right, sign off.
1: Bye. <laughs> sign, <laughs> off. <You laughs> sign off. You sign off. You sign off. You sign off. No, don't Why say goodbye. Why Kirst sign off? I don't know how to do it. I've never done it before. All
0: right, no, you said. No, Matt Kirsten do I it. I don't know
1: how to do it. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. This <laughs> is <laughs> um, good so far. Deadbodiespodcast nice. at gmail.com.au. Have you ever seen yeah. one? Email us. There it is. <laughs> Yay.
0: Dead Bodies is created by DD Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.